The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. My brother, he blamed me for something the other day. He told mom that I had eaten something, but I didn't. And I said, it's a lack of pies, I tell you, a lack of pies. It was confusing because I was supposed to say it's a pack of lies. Yeah. Gum shoes, happiness, chimpanzees, check. Gum drop happiness. Check, popcorn, check, popcorn, check, popcorn check, happiness. Yeah, is popcorn happiness. Popcorn happiness. Is that a song? Cheerfulness, cinnamon singing inside. I have no idea. Peppermint energy. Energy from Some, peppermint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something holidays when you give Christ your life. The benefits of God's good love. <sighs> he knows. A peace and understanding. Way too many lyrics to Wait. way too many songs. Let the sunshine in. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Where's you this? haven't heard that song? Okay, first of all, no. And the second, what? Where does this come from? It's a, it's, it's a VBS song. Really? Oh, my goodness. We sang it every year at VBS. <sighs> Sunshine. Somebody's heard it. Sunshine Lollipop. on that. No, I think it's Popcorn Happiness is how it starts. Well, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is something that you had had, like, a song you sang? Yeah, oh, yeah. We sang, I, I thought everybody sang this song. And where did you grow up again? Candyland. I grew up in Michigan. Oh my goodness. He grew up in Candyland. That's where ah, he grew ah, up. Aha! It's not popcorn happiness. Oh, that it's makes apple red happiness. That is. I that's found even it. worse. I found it. Better. Hold on. What does apple red even mean? Hold on. Mean? I got it. Oh, here we go. Does it have like <laughs> a tune? Sunday school song. <laughs> yep. So it says, "What are the lyrics to the children's Sunday school song Apple Red Happiness?" But what is I'm going to sing, hap- sing it for you. What is Apple Red even of people will, that has inquired about this? And so we, that's why it is on there. We will even. discuss the deeper meaning of the song in a second, but first, I must I sing it to you. Please do. Apple red happiness, popcorn cheerfulness, cinnamon singing inside, peppermint energy, gumdrop <laughs> holidays when you give Christ your life. I was pretty close, right? Yeah. Oh the goodness. benefits oh. of God's great love are super satisfying. <laughs> Throw away your sin, let the sunshine in, try it, and you'll see how you'll get apple red happiness, popcorn cheerfulness, cinnamon singing inside. Peppermint energy, gumdrop holidays, when you give right Christ now. your life. The Oompa Loompas. That's all I can think about. <laughs> the Oompa Loompas? Yes. That's yeah. all. I don't know why, but that is all I'm thinking about Well, right there's now. gumdrops and Does it make you happy and... or does it scare you? Because the Oompa Loompas <laughs> scared me when I was... Yeah. <laughs> it's a little scary. When I first saw them, I was kind of frightened. Maybe that's why they don't sing that in Vacation Bible School anymore. Could be. It was, Could too, be. It was too confusing. It is way syrupy sweet. Like, literally. Like, that is the definition of taking faith and making it this super smiley, sweet thing, gumdrops and popcorn and cinnamon. We're moving into the definition of what apple red. Yes, we're getting deeper now. Okay, what what does that lyric mean? Deeper. It's, it's like it's like literal, Christian yeah, stuff? it's exactly it. It's like that doesn't a, make any sense. Put a smile on your face. Everything's good. It's like the song the serial killer sings you before he slices you. Oh open. my goodness! <laughs> wow. Like... And there we get to the real. So now we're down <laughs> to it. Yeah. Here I was thinking that the next step would be that a hippie yeah. wrote it, and you're like, it's a serial <laughs> killer. You ready to shoe a dough? I am so ready to shoe a dough. We are joined by Janelle, and excited to have you here, Janelle. Janelle is actually a friend of both of us. We're friends. It We're... took a little while for Aaron to become her Facebook friend, but <laughs> do we really have to go there? Let's do. Okay. After I go yelled ahead. at you, no, and go then ahead. You. It was mm-hmm. so. It was so fun to watch. This, bad, this, I guess. This whole thing happen because it was like I. I felt like I was watching tennis. You know, where I'm like looking at Aaron, looking at Janelle, looking at Aaron, looking at Janelle. Well, Janelle, says, Janelle did this thing where she's like, "I'm mad at you. You've got to figure out why." It's <laughs> like because no. we all like games like that. <laughs> yes. Oh, so then I'm trying to figure it out. And and apparently you've been in my Facebook friend queue, which I never really check. 
Yeah. It I was just such a fun you. moment because then you got, you got really awkward. You're like, uh, <laughs> I was, I'm, I felt bad. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, and then Janelle's like, it's okay. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you were doing some instigating. Was I? I'm I sure th- you were. I think I was quiet the whole time on that one. You're lucky I'm a nice person. Yeah. You've forgiven me, right? I have. Like we're friends in real life. Right. Like the fact that, that we weren't friends on, on Facebook mm-hmm. almost affected the fact that we were friends in real life. <laughs> right. Is that what basically happened? Smidgen. It was just, close. Yeah, close. It was close. But Janelle is here to uh, talk a little bit about divorce, a little bit about being a single mom. And, and a little bit about being awesome. And yeah, and a yeah, little bit about being right. awesome oh, as well. I didn't know that was on the schedule, but I'm sure. so happy for that. I think that's really the main point, <laughs> isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's going to slide in there somewhere. <laughs> um, and we're doing this in what we've called before our No Longer Safe segments, which I'm thinking now the way that we are, and we've called them that because of, you know, kind of getting out of our comfort zone and talking about topics that we don't like to talk about. But it's almost like the way we've done this, where we've talked about atheism and homosexuality and now divorce it's kind of like no label is safe you know we want to kill these labels that we put you know on each other and so we could almost call it that uh and this is the label that janelle is is a label that you know maybe you've had put on you the label of divorce or the label of single mom or those kind of things so we want to get into that a little bit and the way we've done this before is just to talk about each of our own experience with the topic and then um, talk a little bit about what we want people to know about how that label makes us feel, you know, what, what that label does to us. Or in our cases, you know, how um, what we want somebody who has been put with that label to know about how we feel and those kind of things. So it's, it's almost like an um, accidental format that was, yeah. has come out of conversation, because really, when I go into these, I... I just clear my head. For me, when I talk to people, it's just the conversation's going to happen in the moment. I try not to have a yeah. specific agenda when I when yeah. I talk, but that's just because for me these conversations are about having a real authentic conversation with somebody that we build bridges together. Mm-hmm. Um cuz you know, sometimes we'll have a topic that can seem really divisive and it separates us and it mm-hmm. creates you know these fault lines really and um on the topics that are a little bit more uncomfortable it's even more prominent mm-hmm. it's like it, it, there could be an explosion at any oh, time yeah. and if you go in with that fear then you're not going to have right. th- that desire to go deeper inside yourself which is how um talking about our own experiences sort of started it's just to share, hey, here's my experience and create a bond mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. on a topic. And and I think people, when they listen to that, they can kind of sink into that, too, uh, from a safe distance. Because you're listening as the conversation happens and you have an opportunity to, right. to hear a potentially uncomfortable conversation, though it's not intended to be that and way. And it may be a label that's been put on you. It may be a label you've put on others. But, you know, it, it offers all of us an opportunity to kind of to take those labels off and find underneath that we're all just human beings and, you know, that labels do more to separate and we want to bring people together. And so we're, we're trying to, to get through that. Uh, Danae, I don't know that you've ever actually started us off with kind of your um, experience with the topic. So why don't you kick us off? I mean, what has divorce been in your life? Well, growing up, my whole family has had gotten married and stayed married. And, and so my experience within my immediate family or your core family or whoever you kind of want to call it. Um, And then I remember when I was in, I think it was grade school, uh, the teacher asked all of us, and I think it was to kind of show the kids that other people have different families, but the teacher asked us um, who had parents that were, that were married and they stayed married. And, you know, a majority of the children raised their hand. And then the teacher asked, you know, who has had parents that have been separated um, or they're divorced. And then a couple of kids raised their hand and they just looked terrified that Mm. they had to raise their hand. And I remember that impacting me. And then a couple of years later, I think it was kind of more towards middle school was a conversation again and significantly the numbers had switched and I was the one that was the, the minority. When I raised my hand, I was one of two people in the entire classroom at that time who had had a whole, you know, where my parents had gotten married and stayed together. And I was kind of like, you know, the feeling of that is sort of like, Oh, I I think pride maybe, you know, I'm like, yeah, my parents are still together. Mm. So as I've gotten older and I've had so many different friends who have gone through either you know, they got married young, then they got divorced. Or um, I just had a friend recently who was she's 54. She has been married for she was married for 30 some years and wow. her husband left her. Mm. And so she's restarting her life at 54 yeah. and just watching people go through these experiences where these relationships change. It's just altered my view of what is appropriate. And I tried to for for myself. I got married at 29 
So I waited quite a while before I got married. And though that actually probably was to clarify it wasn't intentional um, <laughs> i had Just beaten him off with a stick for like I, 12 years i really thought i was gonna get married like three times before that, that. wasn't in the plan it right? wasn't i didn't really well i've never had a plan so that's been good for what, me you yeah i know uh-huh. uh never really planned anything but i did have several relationships i thought were gonna go towards marriage um but glad that they didn't work out um so i married at 29 and our thing going in was just all right let's just be friends like let's get along at a really core level because we're going to just change a lot and so we just have to decide that we're going to stay together and that's sort of been my approach to getting married because i've watched so many other people have these you know things happen in their relationships that that divided them it was almost three years ago right you've been married about three years almost three years okay tell me how did you feel like as a kid what about that separation bothered you? Like, what about seeing those kids? What, you know, what did you feel for them yeah, when I, they raised their hands and said, yeah, my parents are divorced? I don't know that I, because when you're a kid, you do, I think it's harder for me at that time to kind of put myself in their shoes. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know, you don't have that forward thinking ability yet. Oh, believe me, I have kids. The empathy gene waits a while. It does. <laughs> you know? it, it well, waits well a for long some of them, actually, one of my boys is, is very empathetic and he always has been. And so it's different with each kid. But yeah, usually takes a while for that to develop. Yeah. So usually, I mean, in, in that particular case of just being in that memory, I, I felt bad because they felt bad. I felt bad because something in them was hurting. Like there was a hurt there and it was on their face. And that. That is what I was seeing and recognizing as, oh, that's not good. Not that maybe I was thinking divorce is bad, but the pain that they were feeling is bad. And I would I would say that in my experience, whether you have parents that are married or parents that are divorced, you're going to have hurt inside your family. So, you mm-hmm. know, if the parent, if the teacher would have asked a different question, has anybody ever, you know, felt bad because your parents argued, everybody's hand would have gone up. So, but, you know, you just register certain things together whenever you see them when you're a kid. So... I'll share a little bit. I, I'm the sheltered kid. And like you just said, you know, everybody's hand goes up. If you know, if you're felt bad when your parents argued, I don't know that I ever saw my parents argue. I'm sure they did. I mean, I know they had discussions and those discussions were, I guess some level of heated, but they never really yelled at each other or that I remember. I'm also one of those people who sees the world through rose colored glasses. So if I saw it, I probably, you know, was Mr. Optimist about it anyway. Um, divorce hasn't touched my family at all. So I'm really like ignorant on the topic. Wow. Um, my parents have stayed together. My wife's parents have stayed together. Uh, all of my parents' siblings have stayed together. Mm-hmm. Both of my grandparents stayed together. Um, you know, all of our siblings so far have stayed together. You know, I mean, it is. That's unheard of. I, it really right is. It, it really is. is unheard of. And. Uh, and it, there's blessings to that. I mean, you know, there's the the strong families and all those kind of things. But there's also this thing where I am ignorant about what that is and what that feels like, and and you know, and the pain of that separation and that tearing apart. And I just I don't have any reference point mm-hmm. for it. And because of that, uh, like with many topics coming from you know, kind of my sheltered life, growing up, I was judgmental or. Um, which is probably too strong of a word, but if not judgmental, just not understanding. Right. Just, you know, if I saw somebody, you know, if a friend's parents that were going through, I just didn't get it. I was just like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Just stay together, you know? And so I, my thoughts on it have always been, uh, especially growing up, um, I just don't get it. I don't understand why people get divorced. And, uh, and that is, you know, as I've kind of progressed in, and grown up, I've seen more of kind of, the hurt of the real world and, and, you know, what, what can happen, but I'm still just ignorant. I think I've transitioned from any sort of judgmentalism. I hope so, at least in, in my heart to when I hear about somebody who's been divorced, just, just being able in my, in my own mind to go, okay, I don't understand, but I'm also not them and I'm not in their situation and I don't know what's going on. And so uh, I guess I just, I'll say all that just to come from an honest place of, I just, I don't know. Like I, I've just never experienced it and I've never, and this is a great conversation for me because I've, you know, it's a weird thing to like bring up with somebody and to really talk about. And I should mention all of our close friends are together. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. Like yeah. anybody that's like You're really like the tight. furthest apart from I know. divorce I possible know. in this day and age. I know. <laughs> I, I really am. And so I, I've been protected from that. Protect is probably the wrong word, but just 
So it, and it's it. not something you bring up with an acquaintance. You know, yeah. Janelle, it's not something I would bring up with, you know, necessarily you and just say, hey, tell me about your divorce and yeah. tell me about how, you know, yeah. how you feel about that and how that happened. And it's just, you know, like, even if you're kind of curious about it, it's not like right. something that you're going to talk about. Exactly. When you were saying that, um, I, w- I was realizing that one of the other ways that I am. Not only do I have a lot of friends who have been through just various degrees of interesting relationship developments and changes, I should just say that generally kind of is a broad stroke, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but there's no reason to be like, and then this happened to this person and then this happened to this person. (laughs) But my husband, he comes from what is the the broken home, you know, where Mm. his parents were divorced when he was really young and it was just this, you know, really dramatic thing. So it's been interesting to marry somebody who doesn't have the same type of relationship to his parents that I do as, and you know, my family dynamic is a, a lot more, a lot different. So, so it has changed too and given me a, a greater understanding of, of just what it takes to kind of continue to try to be a family, even yeah. though there's, you know, some separating going on. Yeah. You know, before you, before you start kind of sharing your story a little bit, I, I want to, you kind of put quotes around broken home. Yeah. So let's address that. I, there are terms that we use like broken home or dysfunctional family that really kind of irk me a little bit. Yeah, me bit. too. That's why I don't like it. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why you put quotes around it because it's like, it, it's, it's what starts to give the sense of, oh, they're different or, oh, they're, you know. The labels. Yeah, exactly. The labels. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? Every home is broken in some way. Every home is dysfunctional in some way. Um, I think it's just when you get divorced. It's like if you're looking at a family that's together and you know that by standard they have something broken going on, you can't put your finger on it because you're just looking at them. But if you're looking at a family where the wife or the mother figure is over here and the father figure is over here and you know they've been divorced, well, you can be like, oh, there was a problem there. And so it's easier for you for people to be able to point and say there was a problem there. Mm-hmm. And it, that's, right. that's got to be hard. I mean, it's just kind of like if you get a really bad tattoo, you know, you can't, <laughs> people see it. And, you know, it's like something that you've just got well, depending to Depending on where you get it, but yeah. On your forehead, for Okay, example. That was <laughs> a bad point. life choice. That was a bad <laughs> a life really choice. A really bad tattoo on your forehead is a poor life decision. It's, I'm like, just it's saying... like if you get a tattoo on your forehead that says meat eater and then you turn vegan, you just have a lot of explaining to do for the rest of your life, you know? <laughs> Right. Well, Janelle, share us whatever you're comfortable sharing about your story and kind yeah. of what that, how you've seen that label in your own life and how it's impacted you well, both I, as a child yeah. and as you, you know, through your own I marriage and divorce. I think you guys both know me well enough that I'm, I'm pretty well an open book. Mm-hmm. I have nothing really to hide or anything like that. But um, interesting that Danae was talking about childhood. I grew up in a very small school and my parents are together. My grandparents are together. Um, my mom's parents are together. I mean, all of that stuff. So I really didn't grow up that. Now, my aunts and uncles, um, out of the five siblings on my dad's side, uh, only two of them have stayed together. So three of them have been divorced, some of them multiple times. And then on my mom's side, my mom is the only one that has actually stayed in a marriage. So I grew up around it, but it wasn't something that was talked to about. I didn't know really what that was um, and the different levels that was there, you know, concerning all of that. So friends wise, I didn't have any friends that were um, coming from divorced family. So um, when I met my husband, I, you know, my story, of course, everybody's story is a little bit different, but I was um, in high school. So we were high school sweethearts. Um, His family life um, where he grew up and stuff was a little bit different than mine. I'm talking the same thing with yours, Danae. Uh, Grew up um, with uh, just a single mom and uh, family raised him and and didn't have much of a father figure in his life at all. And so uh, my parents pretty well, you know, took him in. That was like their son they never had and, you know, and all of this stuff. You know, we were together 17 years, I guess. We dated like five years before we got married. We waited five years before we had kids. I mean, we did the whole, you know, everything you're supposed to do or whatever. Um, And we were married 12 years and before he left and You know, for my story, really, the only thing that I can say about that, honestly, is just that the commitment level on his part wasn't there anymore. You know, the whole thing where you're talking about people changing because we do. We change. So my divorce was the first divorce that I really went Mm. through on a personal 
level, really, you know. And when you were talking about not knowing, yeah, you know, just the ignorance I feel about is, that situation. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you really truly do until you've gone through that situation. Mm-hmm. And I heard that so many times. And honestly, myself, even uh, friends or something like that, I'm like, oh, they're getting a divorce, you know. And you just kind of brush it off because it's not you going through right. it. And then when you go through it, man, you know, the emotions, the hurt, the anger, all of that's there. And you don't understand then now why those people Mm. aren't understanding you and empathizing with you or, you know, whatever. Because it's not just you date somebody and then you stop dating, which I was a date stop dater for a date stop dater, (laughs) a date stop dater. That was what I did for a large portion of my life. I would say a decade of dating is what I could easily say. And, you know, in that situation, you're just you got your place to live. They live in their place. You get together, you hang out, you date and then, you know, oh, it's not working out, you know. Okay, cool. We'll break up. You know, and this is totally different. Um, When I when my friend that was 54 who got divorced um, just recently, I was with her uh, regularly and the paperwork alone, writing out, this is everything that I want. This is everything that, you know, uh, that he gets. This is how we're going to split what we have. So then you have that, then you have kids, then you have the emotional things you're talking about and you have this amount of time to deal with it. And it's not like it goes away after that. It's just, you have to go through this law. There's, you know, the physical law aspect of it where you have to have the paperwork and you have to go and you have to have the state. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. that alone was completely overwhelming. She had like a tote bag full of documents from her lawyers where she had to fill all this stuff out and just going through her home going, oh, my gosh, I've lived in this house with these things. Yeah. With this guy, with my husband for 30 years. And now I've got to say goodbye to it. So whether it's 30 years or just, you know, yeah. a short amount of time or 17, that's, for a, 17 that's a, a long, long marriage. It was. It, yeah. You know, I mean, we're, we're celebrating. I actually, I didn't talk about my marriage at all, <laughs> which I love my wife. And maybe that's, you know, it's divorce yeah. and my marriage is the furthest thing from my mind. But yeah, we're celebrating our 17 years, you know, this year. Yeah. And so like, you know, that kind of resonated with me. You know, I'm thinking, oh, well, we're past the hard part. And it's like, well, you just, you know. Well, know. we were married 12, so, mm-hmm. I mean, but, yeah, we have been together oh, okay. long right. enough before mm-hmm. that that, you know, you, you think you know. But, you know, we were young, too. I mean, you know, and you hear that all the time. But I, I must say, I did not want the divorce. I mean, I was full-hearted, whatever I need to do to make this work, um, you know, type of thing. And, and he just wasn't. But it wasn't something that I wanted, but it wasn't something that I was going to go fighting him with too I felt finally after the the period of time that we had separated and just him not you know showing the things that I needed him to show me that this was going to work um once he asked me for the divorce I was just kind of the shoulders lowered a little bit and I was just like okay I'm not gonna fight this like this is Mm -hmm. what he wants not what I want by any means I talked to a friend of mine yesterday, and um, he was married for quite a long time and was trying to reconcile through difficult times with his wife. And um, he had several conversations with her where he said, let's try to put the past behind us and move, you know, whatever we've got to do to just make this work. Let's go. And he, you know, I'm hearing his side of the story. So I will say that, of course, that we don't know all the details. And even if I knew both sides, we still wouldn't. But in this example, he... He kept telling her. By the way, that's an important thing to say. I really do think that's important to always remember. You know, there's a yeah. lot of sides to to every story too. I think you know, even in telling my own stories yeah, and exactly. hearing feedback from my family, that's that's not how that happened today. It's like, oh, well, that's yeah. how I remember it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so he he. I I could see in his eyes, he just was like, he was in that space and he was like, what I want, I'm sorry that all this difficult stuff has happened to our marriage. You know, this isn't what we wanted, but let's move on. Let's find something, you know, to, to work on together. And she consistently said, no, I don't want to move on. And there was a particular dinner where he had said, you know, kind of started to do the same thing again. And he was just like, let's try to, to move past this. Let's put this in the past and go to the future. We, we can make this, you know, we can get better or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she said, no. And he felt like he heard an audible voice and he's a Christian. uh, This is, I'm leading into asking you the same thing. He felt very strongly that the, what he was pressed upon was that he was released. Mm -hmm. He said he felt and heard, I'm releasing you from this. And this weight 
lifted off of him. And I asked him, did that, did that make you really sad? And he said, yes, it devastated me because I couldn't believe that I was being released. But because of the feelings and the emotion and the spiritual confirmation that he had, he just knew that that's what it was okay to move forward so that he began the separation process. So did you have something like that? You know, well, there's always so much you can do as a person. I mean, in a marriage, you know, all of, you know, it takes two to make something work. And once you've, you, I mean, I felt like I had done everything that I could in my power to do something like this. But you know, if you're not getting any reciprocation on that other end, you know, you just can't, you can't keep doing it. And I, I vowed, I will not ask for a divorce. I will not do it. No matter if this is only, if he's only doing this to make me say, I want to divorce, I will not do it. Because I kept thinking at some point, you always hear of God restoring the marriages and at the last hour even. And I thought I will hold out hope until that happens. I will just do it. That's that's I had had it set in my mind. But when he was and he said he was done, same thing. It was just like, okay, I'm not I'm not fighting you on this. I'm I've put it all out there. I am tired. I am tired of fighting Mm. right now. And we were separated for several months. How how long ago was this? Um, He left in April of 2010 and asked me for a divorce in August of 2010. And then it was final another year so april of 2011 was when it was about a year ago Mm -hmm. yeah this may this may be a difficult question but is it something is there still hope like do you still have those thoughts of you know what if for him yeah for him you know what if he no okay i don't for a long time yes i think i probably did and you know there's always outside different other factors that are go along with everything um but um we are two completely different people now. I went a certain direction, and unfortunately, he went a certain direction. And that had gotten asked of me several times if I would take him back, so to speak, if he mm-hmm. came running, you know, and um, probably there for a while. I probably, yeah, I probably would have, um, not only for my sake, for my girl's sake, but at this point, no. At this point, I'm on the other side now seeing how different my life is and the things that are in my life now god was preparing me for that so do you still love him no i don't Hmm. i don't and that took me a long time even though i was mad as all get out at the process at the factors involved and everything like that i still deeply loved him he was the only man i ever knew so I think that takes a very long time to get over. And I can't actually tell you the day that I woke up saying, I'm free. I don't love him anymore. I don't have to love him anymore, you know, and all that. I can't tell you that. Um, but I do know that I'm in a place now that I can say that I am officially over him and, you know, ready I wonder, to move on. I, we can't say that that would be true for everyone to go through where they stop loving someone who has Well, and by the way, love them. is a giant word. It is like a it huge, means so, so many, many different, different things, Absolutely. you know. I mean, but yes, but I think I understand what you're talking about but when I you say that. But I think people love. put a time frame on when you should be over somebody. Mm. And I I do not love him anymore, but that still doesn't mean that he can't hurt me. Right. Believe me, I never thought because we were best friends that the communication or lack of communication, I should say, at this point in our lives, I never thought would have happened. I mean, we very rarely communicate, and it is only about our daughters. Uh, to think that that was going to be the case when we were, you know, 21 years old and in the prime of our marriage How old and were you life got and all that. 20. You were 20 when yeah. you got married? Me too. Yeah. I just turned 20 yeah. when we got married. Yeah. yeah, me too. Do you know, like, again, all this is from a place of ignorance, but. We, how you know where and how did it you know start to happen what was you know the that's a good question i think yeah. i'd like to answer that too <laughs> okay you know? fair enough yeah because because you don't know all the answers because it's yeah. two people it's involved two in the situation right. absolutely yeah. um you know we started having problems let's see it was november of the of 2009 or whatever it was that was before he he left and um communication stopped lack of interest just 
really weird things that were going on that I I just kind of was like, what what is this? You know, depression. I didn't know, you know, really what it was. And like I said, I started going in a different direction. I turned to God to do that. And I was I did not grow up in church or, you know, in a Christian home or anything like that. And so um, when we got married was the first time we went to church. Went, oh, interesting. Yeah, and found Did he church. grow up in church? No, he did okay, not. Okay, so neither one of you really grew up as, no. with that as your no. culture. Right, no. You know, okay. you went to vacation Bible school, you, you know, about visited a friend. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No. But um, so <laughs> we, um, but we started going to church together before we got married and found a church home and stayed with that church home for 10 years. Why'd you do that? I'm I'm just curious why i mean why to did you find, find a church yeah why did you go find a church i think you finally you finally realized um you know for one hey we need to get married in a church okay we didn't want to get married anywhere else we wanted to get married in a church and it was just always that longing that was there like we need to belong somewhere and hmm. we don't belong somewhere right now okay. and we need to belong somewhere and we had um christian friends that you know pushed us that direction too and so that's you know where we were at and that's where we got married at and um You know, so we always said we wanted to raise our kids in church and all of this. Um, His job, he's in retail, and so that didn't allow him to be at church every Sunday um, and all that. So we weren't, throughout our marriage, we were not as involved as we should have been. We moved several times to different states. Um, so we would come back when we were here and have church here, but we never found a church home in the, the new locations. You know what I'm saying? It was always that excuse so when we start having difficulties in the marriage, that's where I ran to. I ran straight to God and Christian mm-hmm. friends that could counsel me and pray for me and, you know, all of that stuff. And I got into Christian counseling and, and stuff. Um, and he stopped praying completely. It was just like he was mad at God for things that had happened in his life or to him. And it, this was kind of the culmination. And he just was done. It was just Mm. mad. One of the hardest lessons that I've ever learned was when my dad taught me, he said, you may never understand what, how they feel about you or what they think about you, Danae, but you and God are the only ones that have to know. So like whenever I want to know, well, why didn't they like me or why did this happen? I, I have that struggle, you know, like, do I go in and I try to find out all the details so that I can have some closure and let it go? Or do I just go ahead and, you know, oh, all right, well, I'll never understand. And and it helps me to not hold on to things. Have you, like, through this process, because it it seems that you didn't really have an idea why this is happening or how it started and not having the ability to have closure, how has that changed you? That was the hardest part, really. And I I do not want to go in here saying I was the perfect wife. I had dinner on the table (laughs) as soon as he got home. I, you know... With the I, pipe I'm and the not, slippers ready yeah, and the newspaper. I am not yeah. saying that. And, you know, and from day one, when we started having troubles, I admitted what my faults were. And I learned what my faults were in the marriage. Definitely. And I was willing to work on that. And I think that's very important to note. You know, I am definitely not saying that, you know, we have the perfect marriage or this or that or whatever. At the same thing, when you know those faults and you're willing to work on those, but then the other person is not there isn't closure there. And then it's just done. And you're and in my case, he moved, he moved out of state. And so, you know, he's seven hours away now where I'm used to seeing this person and my daughters are used to seeing this person on a daily basis. And within two weeks of him asking me for a divorce, he was gone. And so I didn't have a whole lot of dealing with him for the last, you know, two years. So you're so, pretty much a full-time single mom. Yeah. Yeah. Also changing your whole life. Right. Starting new. Did you have something that, because I know that you have, Aaron, have a plan in your brain sometimes of, do you want to hit something? <laughs> yes. Of the two of us. <laughs> uh, wait a second. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying you don't plan and I do. That's oh. all. And oh, there's I benefits. thought you're talking about one of us has a brain and the other one no, doesn't. No, no, no. I was like, hey, no. No, 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 no. Your brain just works a little Let's differently clarify. than mine. Yes, absolutely. You have an amazing brain. My cranium rules. <laughs> Uh, 
No, but I think that's a great place to transition into the label of being a single parent as well, which is something not only that you have recognized in your own life, but something that I think you're passionate about, about helping other single parents. Um, Janelle has uh, something called Single Moms Rock. That's moms with a Z. Yes. And uh, and so, and do you have a website for that? It is still in the process, but um, if you go to singlemomsrock.com, it'll take you to my Facebook until it gets up. And that's something you're excited about, about helping other single parents out. So I did, you know, I did want to give you the opportunity to talk about that label as well, even though I think the majority of our conversation will be about divorce um, you know how has that in the last two years being a single mom have you felt as much you know as many fingers or eyeballs on you you know about that label as you have the label of divorce it's funny you mentioned that because um, as I said he was in retail so he traveled mm-hmm. a great deal and towards the end he traveled a lot um, and so I remember specifically saying to him one point I did not sign up to be a single mom And I stayed at home for six years being a stay-at-home mom. And so, you know, whenever he came home, I was like, take these kids. You know, I'm ready for my break, you know. I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. That's natural. That's normal. Exactly. You know, so. um, And then looking back now, when he was traveling, I got to the point where I was okay being with the girls 24-7. Finally, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think as they get a little older and get a little bit more independent and stuff like that. How old are your girls now? They're eight and five. Okay. So when all that was going on, they were three and six. And so um, finally I was okay with doing that. So looking back now, I can see that he was preparing me for having this time of my life where I was going to be a full time. I do have great support. You know, his family supports me still. My mom and dad are very supportive, you know, all my family. So, you know, at any time that I would want to, you know, have some alone time, they are there to help me. Um, I have not had any um, bad experiences to this point with somebody coming down on me because of being a single parent. Have you um, with divorce? No, I haven't. That's interesting. That is interesting. I think it's this, the time that we live in. I think I'm it's so such a glad. common thing. I, I, yeah. That really makes me happy. I'm yeah. serious. Like I, I'm, I have been oh. encouraged much the last couple of years by how the Christian culture is changing in our yeah. view of labels. And, right. you know, and I think that's one of the reasons we like having these conversations mm-hmm. is, to, is to be encouraging as well and yeah. to encourage people that, that it's not the way it was when we were growing right. up necessarily, where there was a lot of legalism and judgmentalism. Right, right. and Well, and even my church has a divorce care class. Right. So, I mean, that's something that I was able to go through and, um, you know, meet other people that were going through the same circumstances that I was, you know. And so um, there is a lot more out there, you know, as far as that. But on the other hand, it's so accepted almost now, today. It's like... Why can't there be a little bit Hmm. of where, you know, accountability in your marriage? You know, you took a vow, you know, before God and before your family and friends. So why can't it's so accepted now? It's just so, you know, oh, that's been something that I've feared when I watch a lot of the television shows, which are not a good gauge anyway uh, for reality at all. The Bachelor? Yeah. Is the that bachelor, how you feel when you're watching The Bachelor? Yeah, stuff like that where it just shows this sort of lifestyle yeah. of getting married because you can get divorced. Right. And that's that's the part I think that you're talking it's about so too easy. is that it's not something that's supposed to be yeah. No, it's not. A in, commitment. Actually, right. I, there's a, a movie I love that I actually think is a movie about marriage that nobody realizes is about. It's about marriage. It's an older movie with uh, Meryl Streep and Kevin Bacon. It's called The River Wild. Huh. And it's a it's basically a movie where there's this, you know, crazy killer guy who's trying to escape and they're, you know, on uh, like rapids I've or whatever. That movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kevin Bacon. And that I think scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> when this I is thought. A, if you watch this movie again, watch it in the mindset that it is about marriage because the central characters in that movie are struggling in their marriage and there's this beautiful metaphor about you know the the river and how it gets rocky and mm. you know how you have to you know go through it or whatever but there's this also this great scene between this woman played by Meryl Streep and her mom who's also blind or I think maybe her mom is married to somebody that's blind. Anyway, somebody that's cantankerous and blind or whatever. And Meryl Streep says, why, why are you still with him? You know, why, why, do you put up put up, why do you put up with that? And she has this line. She basically says, you know, the problem with your generation is you give yourself an out. Yes. 
And it's this it's this beautiful line of, you know, yeah, we kind of done that a little bit and just mm-hmm. be like, oh, there's an out. Right. And um, and so that's, again, the balance is the struggle is when I interact with somebody like you, Jan- uh, Janelle, or somebody else who's gone through divorce, it, it is not my place to judge you. Mm-hmm. It's not my place even to um, to point a finger at you and say, well, maybe I would have done it different or, right. you know, I wouldn't have let that happen or, you know, those thoughts cross my mind. You know, I, I deal with those things, but it's not my place to put that on you. It yeah. is each of our place to live in a right relationship with our creator and, and to follow him. But you're right. There is still something to fight for. Like there is still ground to keep. Yeah. And so how do you do that when, you know, See, I go, I went in and I went into a marriage after having a decade of dating right? where I had the out all the time and I was like completely aware I am walking into a situation here where I can't just leave if I get right. frustrated. And believe me, there's never been a relationship I've been in where I didn't get frustrated. So I was like, oh, <laughs> right. here we go, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's going to happen. And yeah. I knew that. So, you know, I... I had moments where I was sitting in the car with my mom and I'm like, mom, I think I'm marrying the wrong guy. And she's like, really? Well, you, you're not married yet. You can still call it off. And I'd be like, no, I think, I think it's that I'm, I'm marrying the right guy, but I'm realizing that he's going to be the wrong guy someday and I can't walk <laughs> away. And she's like, oh yeah. You know? And so it, we talk about that still, you know, and I, I still have conversations with Justin where I mean, we were only three, not even three years in, and I'll be like, dude, this is hard, you know, because I'm just really open with him about that That's stuff. good, though. That I, you're, I like that to think you're it is. communicating, though, and, and opening up with him. I think that's good. But it's hard great. because I hit that wall, and that is where I hit, where I'm like, I need to commit. It's why I got a tattoo. Sounds weird. I got a tattoo because I wanted to know that I could keep something. And, you and I'd meteor, have to own it. Up. The on meteor tattoo on my forehead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got this because I wanted people to know that I love bratwurst. <laughs> I love meat pie. <laughs> I love Taco Bell. I don't know that that's real meat, but it counts. <laughs> no, I got a tattoo when I was eighteen because I was. I always. I, I never committed to anything. I always had an out. Always had an out. Always had an excuse. So I got a tattoo as an. For symbolism purposes, really, like mm. this is something I can never get rid of, and I've got to live with being okay with it. I want to see if I can do that, and so I did. I'm like, okay, all right, I can live with this. This is my tattoo now, and it's it's with me forever. But I'm curious now. You know your personality, yes. So my flighty, you're annoying me. Go does away. That mean, does that make you work a hundred percent harder in your marriage to know that because of your personality that? I really took my commitment to God seriously. That's really what it is. Like, I obviously committed to my husband because that's the dude I married. But, like, I really, like, don't want to let God down in that way. But I've saw, I've seen so many of my friends have been like, oh, I said the same thing. And you never know what's going to happen. I'm not going there in my head. Like, this could never happen to me. And I'm not going to the place where, but it's an out. I'm, I'm in that in-between spot where it's just like, man, I'm really glad that I didn't marry some of the guys that ended up being really scary or dangerous. Like, this isn't that person. That's a good question, but I do go to that place where it's just, it's not an option in my head to to get a divorce, even when we're arguing and having a hard conversation that I want to stop. I'm really glad you said that, Janelle, about that it has become so accepted. And it is the difficult balance of accepting people and taking those labels off, which is what this is about, of you not feeling that ju- you don't you don't need that judgment from other people. Right. You know, you. Uh, and at the same time, I mean, you throw around the phrase, love the sinner, hate the sin, which I think is a lot of times just an easy out to actually hate the sinner and the sin. Yes. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but there is some balance there of, you know, accepting people. And still saying, you know what, divorce is awful. It you know breaks families apart, and it's not what was intended. And and we give into it way too easily. And I do the play. I will tell you honestly, the place I struggle most with divorce is when I hear that God just told us we messed up, we married the wrong person, and He's got somebody. Or or in the midst of marriage, God told me that actually I was supposed to marry this person, and I wasn't. I wasn't following His will when I got married to this person. And it's like. I just, I, and, and it's the hardest thing for me because I know deep inside it is not up to me to tell somebody else how God is talking right. to them. It's right. just not my place, but right. I just want to scream, God wouldn't tell you that. Exactly. You know, it's just like, that's how I, that's what my heart wants to say, but 
my mouth can't say it. Yeah. And my mouth, I don't think my mouth should say it. Yeah. But, you know, it's... It's just a, it's well, that's the that's the conundrum. And I've been guilty of saying, well, God just wants me happy. And right. I've learned God never said any of this was going to be easy. Right. And he never said that he wants me to be happy. Right. Because, of course, he wants that for you. But that doesn't it's, it's not you can't gauge your life being in God's hands, whether you're happy or not. Right. And so just to get a divorce because it makes you happy. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that was what was told to me. I am just not happy. I realized, too, that perhaps like also my approach to just wanting to gut it out in my relationship, knowing that it's going to be hard and knowing all the stuff that's going to happen and things that I mean, we haven't even had kids yet. So Lord knows that opens up a whole other. Yet. I mean, there's a chance, isn't there? <laughs> and there's always that chance. I mean, what's her face had a baby when she was like 99 or something in the Bible? No, I just I thought maybe this was the announcement. Oh, there is. This is the thing. He's trying. To it's think. always the thing. It's going to happen until I get pregnant. It's yeah. always like, oh, You're waiting. Is, is, is this, this today? Is, is this today? Yeah. No, no, no. Um, my parents, when they struggled in their relationship, I had the same experience as Aaron did. They didn't argue in front of my brother and I. So if they were having it out in any way, I, I really don't remember too much. When we were real little, like three, I, I remember my mom yelling at my dad for not doing the laundry correctly. <laughs> and I think I was... Oh. Been there. I was like three and a half or four, maybe. Like I was, I, I must. I was walking, and I was not any taller than like my mom's knee. You know, I just remember being about that same height. And this particular day, and I go over and I tap on her leg, and I was like, "You be nice to dad because he's Aww. doing the best he can." Aww. And she was like, "Oh my goodness, I have this Halloween on my hands." <laughs> you know. So, but anyhow, they um they had their struggles, obviously, like every marriage does, but they chose to fight it out. Even though it was, you know, a really difficult struggle. Yeah. And, you know, I knew the details of their struggle. I knew what had gone on between them. And I, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's a that's a good reason to have an out, you know. But they decided to stay together. And I think seeing them, first of all, knowing that they went through that and seeing them decide to stay together and go through the forgiveness process mm-hmm. has really helped me, too, in deciding that, yeah, even though I'm used to being able to run away, I can... I can stick. So in your situation, when you were divorced, when you got divorced, you had that support you talked about. What would you say to somebody who is going through a divorce but doesn't have that? Like how, what would you say to them? That's good. Um, First of all, I would say, do you have a church home? If you do, there are likely that there are some sort of groups or the pastor can get you plugged in that they will know of some other groups in the area that like the class that I did, I did a divorce care class. I mean, that's good to get plugged into people and just kind of get plugged into groups. You're going to have to kind of put yourself out there. If they don't have any support around them, they're going to have to kind of put themselves out there and, and go find that and, and get it. Yeah. And I just felt like that needed to be asked. Yeah. I think, no, I think it's a good question yes. because, and we've touched on it too, every situation is different. Yeah. Well, I absolutely. shouldn't say every, well, I guess every, yeah, we're every, all different, every so every situation is different. Is different. It is. You can literally but, have, a, yeah. You yeah. know, there, there's somebody who fights for their marriage and can't save it. There's right. some, there's people who just agree that they're done and, right. you know, and they're both all for getting a divorce. There's, there's all sorts of different scenarios that can happen in each, there's, Christians who get divorced and Absolutely. non-Christians who get divorced. And, Absolutely. you know, what is there for somebody who doesn't have the same belief system as us, you know, and, and does it even matter? Do that, you know, where does their love of marriage come from, you know, other than, you know what I'm saying? So there's all sorts of different philosophical, mm-hmm. you know, and, and situational things. And it's important to realize that whatever situation you are in, married, divorced, single, um, it's it's an important thing to consider and to think about and to think about kind of your own perspective on it. And You know, you ask that question, what if they're not Christian? What mm-hmm. if they don't go to church? What support groups are there available for that? And I'm glad that you're going there because I was thinking about that for my non-Christian right. friends. But right. I think because the church is a lot warmer, whether mm-hmm. you're Christian or not Christian. I mean, if you're not comfortable calling a church, that's one thing. But right. The classes that I went through, you did not have to be a member of that church to go to those classes. So, I mean, it's something that even though that, that it is a Christian environment um, and the Christian belief system that they're they're posing through these classes, um, you know. And for the most part, the, the ones that I know about, like in my church and others, mm-hmm. they don't even press you to go to church. I mean, it's not right. like it's, it's not, not like that's their goal to get you in the door and then like, no. hey, now you got to come on Sunday. Or no. it's, it's, I think it's more know. a resource of love. 
It is. And no. showing you that there are people out there that is going to help you get through this this absolutely most probably trying time of your life. There's no Kool-Aid. There's no, <laughs> you know, giving of blood or anything. But what if weird. I like Kool-Aid? Well, then you can bring your own. Okay. <laughs> Janelle, I would like for you to be able to, and the thing we've usually finished with is just kind of share your heart. Kind of the one thing you would tell somebody who might put that label on you. Is there something that your heart just needs to communicate to people at large of, you know, when somebody's been through a divorce. Just to show a little bit of compassion. If you have friends that are going through it, maybe just one minute, take a step out of your own box and just try to put yourself in maybe what they're they're going through. And every story is different. It really is. Honestly, just show them that God loves them the way that he really does. And we need to communicate that to them, that there are people out there that love them. Today, did you have anything else you wanted to express? Anything from your heart to somebody who's been divorced? or Most of my friends who have been divorced, when I have conversations with them, they feel like they're supposed to already be over it or have not liked the other person or have no love or care for the other yeah. person, even though they've done this thing to them. And I find myself in those conversations reminding them that it's okay to still... Yeah, have emotions towards that person and still remember them fondly, even though they've hurt you. If, if you get to that place um, that you need to move on so that you can take care of yourself and move into this healing process, but that it's still okay to hurt and cry and you don't have to just be over it, even if it's years and years later. That, as with most of these segments, is where, where it lands, where the foundation is, is seeing each other through you know, the eyes that our creator sees us through, which is frail little beings that are doing our best to, to struggle through and, you know, and, and find meaning in our lives and what that looks like. And so that would be my thing too, is in my ignorance, what I would say to you, Janelle, and anybody else that's been divorced. And, you know, if, if we have a conversation or we talk about this, you know, I just, my thing is, I I fight for marriage strongly. I love marriage so much. I believe in it. I, you know, I fight for my own marriage and I want to fight for your marriage too. But beyond that, I want to fight for you. I want to fight for your ability to be the person you need to be. Yeah. And so that's, you know, and I want to do both of those things with my whole heart. Yeah. And so that's that's what I would express, I think. That's, that's good. What, because that's when you're and like in my situation, pretty much starting life mm-hmm. all new, you know, my plans that I had definitely are not anything that I'm doing today and would not be doing today if I was still married. I fully get that. Yeah. So it would be not it, it. And I do have a lot of friends that support me now finding my new life and my new direction in the way that I'm heading and that he has me going. So it's awesome. It's not. Apple red happiness or popcorn cheerfulness or cinnamon singing inside. (laughs) Cinnamon singing inside. You know, it's like after you have like a cinnamon beverage and it's just, Uh you know. It just sings inside of you. It's singing on the inside of you. Yeah. When I I ingest things and they start singing, it's not exactly (laughs) a beautiful song. I'm I'm just saying. Whether it's cinnamon or. Seriously, I think. For shoe the dough, there has to be some sort of indigestion. <laughs> we were trying to get there. Bodily functions. <laughs> so you've listened to the so, podcast so before, you, huh? Yeah, you know? I've listened. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for listening to a new episode of Shoe the Dough. Thanks to 88.3 The Wind for letting us use this fantastical, amazing studio to record Shoe the Dough. And to Chris Tilly of Hazza Records for the awesome intro-outro music. Rumor has it he may be joining us in the studios. I, for one, hope that rumor becomes a trumor because I'd like to meet him. Also, if you're enjoying Shoe the Dough, please subscribe, rate, comment at iTunes. It's a big deal. Helps us out quite a bit. Helps others kind of find out what's going on in the podcast. And if you love it, you probably want them to know about it. Thanks for listening. I just wouldn't even mention it. I just didn't mention it then. Okay. When you're listening to this and you're editing, you're going to be like, Danae, shut up. Shut up. I'll just be waiting for my edit point. That's all. Shut up. Shut up. Edit point. Cut.